My name is Marcus Pinn. I'm Scott Thorough. Okay. Do you like movies? I love movies. Why do you like movies? Wow, what a vague <clears throat> and big question. Uh, I like the artistry behind it. Uh, depending on the movie, I like the artistry. Like the cinematography can just get me into it. Sometimes it's the mix of the music mm. on top of what's going down, on top of the moving images, rather, that really gets to me. Sometimes it's just the story, uh, performances. Uh, it could be a lot of uh, different things. There's that corny, cliche thing where sometimes, you know, it's, it's an escape. Um, sometimes it's the opposite. It's facing what you're going through right now. Um, so, yeah, and there's a million more reasons I can give why I love movies, but, you know. I think that was a pretty good uh, 49 second explanation of why you like movies. Sure. Um, I what, Do you want to start a podcast about movies? Absolutely. I think we should start a podcast about movies. That's a good idea. Um, I think it's a good idea, too, because this would have been well over two years ago. You and I were hanging out at a bar with our mutual friend, our friend and filmmaker, MC, Renaissance man, M2 McGann. But we were all talking about movies. And then I don't know if you remember this. This one woman came up to us and she said, I don't need to interrupt you guys. This is the most fascinating conversation I've ever heard. And then she was like, all right, I'll, I'll leave you alone now. And she walked away. And that was kind of the seeds for if like, if some random woman can overhear us, like, I think it was to the wonder that we were kind of like just speaking loudly about, uh, and then she came over and then she was just saying how fascinated she was by our conversation. And then she just backed away and just continued to listen to us. I think that that there, that always stuck with me. And over the years, I was just kind of like, you know, if that one person liked listening to us talk, then maybe other people would get something out of us, you know, uh, talk about movies. Because um, I heard that people like movies. They do. And people have difficulty talking about movies sometimes. Sure. Even some people who have a podcast have difficulties talking about them. Really? People with movie podcasts have difficulty? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like they start like having a coma or like they're seizing? <clears throat> no, it's just maybe saying the same thing about the same movies about how much uh, something is so epic and badass and they just can't really get past talking about that or like just over praising a movie or just how many podcasts do you need to just hear people talking about Martin Scorsese and Martin Scorsese movies all the time? Because I think that there's so many, not nothing against Martin Scorsese or some of his movies. Um, but so I, I just think, I think another, I think the difficulty with movie podcasts too is there's too much of like a line drawn where yeah. some people like, I, I'm only doing action, action movie podcasts or I'm only doing art house movie podcasts or I'm only doing like exploitation movie podcasts. And a lot yeah. of times those people are just in their own bubble. And I think both you and I have an appreciation for all of those genres that I just said. And, and more and more. Before we just started hitting, before we hit record, we were talking about Grandma's Boy, which is one of my all-time uh, favorite movies. Not comedies, just all-time favorite movies. Same. So, <clears throat> and, and I think there needs to be more of a mix of an appreciation for all genres yeah. from from, you know, art house to direct to video van damme and i think that that's kind of uh you know and i think i think people just get so holed up on what other people think that they think they should like and it's like you know how many people that are comparing a movie to uh citizen kane have actually seen citizen kane <coughs> holy shit yeah no i'm i i agree with that yeah like i have it's a good movie it's not Orson Welles' best movie, in my opinion. Or just in general, the best movie, like a lot of people. I think, well, I think since then a lot of people have cooled off on that opinion. But for a while, Citizen Kane was considered like, it's the greatest movie, you know, kind of you thing. You know, this will probably be the last time we ever talk about Citizen Kane. I hope so. So I'm going to, this is what I'm going to say about it. And I'm going to compare it to um, a conversation I had with someone a long time ago uh, to Rakim and... So, when Rakim came out, Rakim was the best rapper of all time. And there was nothing before him to even compare. Is that a fair thing to say? Yes, very much so. He changed the game. And now, are there going to be rappers better than Rakim? Yeah. Yes. So, but there needed to be someone that good. So I think Citizen Kane is a benchmark of of movies back then 
but it's by no means the best movie. I was I was talking to someone the other day about Alan Moore, like, and how he like made Watchmen in comics and how it like changed the game. And I'm like, I guess it's not even like the best deconstruction of superheroes. But yeah, you know, yeah, and to just like piggyback to one thing, like this will probably be the most we talk about Martin Scorsese. He's pretty good. I hope so, too. Taxi Driver is one of my favorite movies, but still, there's nothing left to be said, I think, about it. He's, he's, he's pretty good. I think <laughs> if you watch his his film inside the film, New York Stories, is really good. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the only thing you need to know from me about Martin Scorsese, because if you're listening to a movie podcast, you probably have an opinion about Martin Scorsese. Or may, you know what? You probably have one opinion that it's that's it's the same opinion that everyone else has. So it's kind of like it just gets a little boring, you know? Yeah, he's made some good movies. He's made some bad movies. He makes movies. He's a person. He's not. I don't. You know, I was thinking about who my who might be my favorite director, and then I realized like I haven't even seen all the movies of my favorite directors. And that excites me. What I like about you, Marcus, is that I've only stumped you about movies once. What movie was it? I'm just Wanda. curious. I can't remember. Hmm? Wanda. Wanda. What's the, that? The film's called Wanda. Oh, yeah. There I you sent go. it to I you. Oh, that's the file you... Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I still... Oh, the, what? The Capra? Yeah. Film? Yeah. <clears throat> I did download it. I just never... That was a while ago, it too. It killed Elliot Kazan's yeah. wife. Yeah. Jesus. She made this movie... It's fantastic. It's one of like the first like art movies directed by a woman. Mm-hmm. And it's been out of print forever. I only know about it because our mutual friend M. Tume has everything on DVD. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I like that I could also be like, but have you seen you know American Ninja 4? And you have too. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I, I, I just want people to know that like, you can like American Ninja 4 and Cinema Paradiso and also like have opinions that people think are not good, but that's okay. No, it's totally okay. I, I couldn't agree more. Like, you know, I, I tell people too, they're, um, the last, these last, the last two years, I've been on so many podcasts and a couple of times, you know, at first some of these podcasts were hesitant to have me on because if you go to my site, by the way, I'm a, a film critic and Scott's a, a film composer. Among we do a lot of other things too, but in terms of film, that that's both of our connections with film. Besides being film lovers, and if you go to my site, my site is probably seventy-five percent kind of art house indie. Not even necessarily indie, but just very art house. You know, so you could. It's easy to go to my site and then just assume I only like I only like Claire Denis, Michael Haneke, stuff like that. But then you know when people started having me on, on their podcast that weren't geared towards like the kind of art housey stuff and were surprised that I could just talk about hell comes to frog town or, you know, uh, something like that. I, try, I tell people, it's like, you know, I was seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, you know, whatever years old at, at one point, I wasn't watching like Werner Herzog movies when I was, you know, 10 or 11, you know what I mean? So I came up on whatever, what like whatever was on HBO and Showtime at the time. So Vice versa, which was on heavy rotation, or Bloodsport, which was on heavy. Like yeah, those I are the movies I watched every all the time. You know? Bloodsport movie, yeah. and I and didn't get past the sec. I only saw the se- up to the, se- the 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 second one. I was actually thinking of Best of the Best. There's three Best of the Bests. I only and that that that's another one. I only I only saw the sec up to the se- the second one. I just like sometimes I'm like I'm just need something easy, and I'll just watch one of those old movies. But how weird, not, not to divert too much, but best of the best, I mean, <clears throat> there's some cheesiness to the first one, but it was just like a legit Olympic training movie. Yeah. Like James Earl Jones, Eric Roberts, who was, he was entertainingly bad in that movie. But it's just about these two, you know, the Korean team, the U.S. team training, yeah. you know, Tommy's brother who got killed by the eye patch guy and all that stuff. But then like... The next two, I know, I know about the third one, but the second one, it's just like a straight action movie. Straight it up, totally, like, like, like it totally just violence. like changed. Yeah, it totally changed, which I appreciate. I, I, I like that. So I, yeah, I, I am an absurdist at heart. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I tend to go at things at different things. You know, people get confused. 
when they ask me like my favorite movies because like sometimes they've never heard of what I'm talking about or like they're like why is that movie there and one of my favorite movies is First Blood the first Ra- the first Rambo movie oh man yeah we're recording right yeah 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 absolutely okay. no I keep looking we'll, up. we'll cut that out yeah we'll have amazing edits yeah and like I'll try to explain them to someone like oh but like I only watch you know uh, what's that what's uh, I don't know insert uh, Polish director I, you know I only watch or I only watch Tarkovsky movies or Jersey oh Jersey Skolomowski he's, he's, he's a good Polish for those who don't know Jersey Skolomowski was Naomi Watts's uh, crotchety uh, Russian uncle in Eastern Promises he occasionally acts sometimes but he's mainly a, he, he's a director I have memory problems, so sometimes I don't forget. I don't remember exact words. That's why I write notes. Notes Mm -hmm. are great. Um, Is that all movies have, like, First First Blood is a great movie. It's a sad movie, too. Yeah. I wrote wrote a a fairly long piece on First Blood a couple years ago and just broke down the fact that that's a movie. Part of that movie, it's not even just about PTSD, but just, like, crooked small-town cops and how shitty, you know. They, they uh, you know, they could be sometimes because it's essentially all that stuff is their fault. They set this guy he just was in town. He was trying to uh, check in on his last friend who had, you know, at the beginning of the movie finds out, you know, that he dies. So that just kind of put him in a, a, a melancholic mode. And at that point, he has no one left, no friends left. He just was looking for something to eat. The sheriff just saw trouble and uh, they got what they deserved. That's kind of, you know. And it's like not even like that action ish. And the music no, still. No. It's yeah. like it's kind of like what I call like a slow lyrical film mm-hmm. that has some action scenes. And then the sequel, the sequels are just totally crazy. So when I try to, you know, recommend someone First Blood as seriously, they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Or, you know, Freddy Got Fingered or um, Babe yeah. Two Pig in the City. I did a podcast <coughs> recently. There's a great podcast called Flixwise. Uh, middle of last yeah it was like summer of last year we, we covered both Babe movies um, and it got me to go back and rewatch Babe 2 Pig in the City and that oh it's not this like terrible because that was the period where like when sequels would come out especially like mid late 90s a lot of sequels of a more successful movie were bad or just it was just oh it was an opportunity to cash it which um, Babe 2 was also an opportunity to cash in but I, but I, I wrote that off as a teenager. I was like a sequel to, because immediately I liked the first Babe. But when I heard there was a sequel, I was like, oh, this is probably gonna be dumb. So I didn't even watch it till my adult life. It's um, so good. Yeah. I think I, it's, if someone says, hey, I'm trying to think of like, a kooky art film to watch tonight, I'm like, Babe Two, Pig in the City. Sure. <laughs> it's so strange. They're like in this weird city that could be any city, and there's like, it's dark and it's scary and like. There's this hero, like orangutan. It's just dope. Like if, if you, if you just take some LSD, you love it. Wow. Well, I've never done that, but you've never <laughs> taken LSD. Nope. The only thing I've gotten drunk and watched movies, but that's about it. I hate drinking and watching movies. I'll only drink and watch a movie that like I've already seen. I'll never go into like a new movie drunk, but. Because also, like, I just have to pee. <laughs> sure. That's a good point. That I don't like it because I'm just like, what if I have to pee and like not having a great time? Sure. So like, you know, teenager. I mean, when I was a teenager and take LSD and watch movies, it turned out that that wasn't that much fun either. Yeah. Because you just want to like <laughs> be on LSD. Yeah. Not watch movies. It gets scary. <laughs> like Clockwork Orange is a frightening movie. Not the best movie of all time. That's another man. That that Clockwork Orange is one of those movies that I love, but I don't like to um saying it now. I don't like to tell too many people because most people. I think if if I think if people like Clockwork Orange for, <clears throat> I, I feel bad saying, it, but like for the right reasons, I think folks like me or you would appreciate it more. But people like th- the irony of why like the average person like person likes Clockwork Orange is just like so fucked up because they like it because it's violent 
which couldn't get any like you couldn't be any more wrong like if that's why you like it then like you just missed the point of the movie which is such kind of sometimes it's an ass that, that that's a really asshole thing to say like you just didn't get it because you know movies are art and you get what you get but if you like that movie and you're cheering on alex delard like one so, something is wrong with you sure um and two it's like yeah you just you don't really get it it's just like with taxi driver taxi driver is one of my favorite movies but right away people think it's just like that i love travis bickle and i really don't it's just a really great What's interesting like story travis bickle? he's not a likable person he's racist too for those who you know I'm, I'm a black person so to like a racist character it's just that story that i like very very much can you like but, a you racist know. character can i like a racist character uh i can go so far as to say i can find a racist character like amusing like you know joe pesci in uh goodfellas very racist guy but he but it's like i can't not laugh when they're sitting at his mother's table she cooks dinner for him she shows him the picture and they're laughing you know like you got one dog going this way the other dog's going this way and this guy's going what do you want from me like that's funny so i don't know about like but i can definitely find amusement you know in racist characters sometimes it's hard i it's hard to like like bad people or racist people? Well, that's the difference. Like, bad people, I kind of can. It's race... And, and, and the racist thing, only because it hits home, because I'm a black person, so people with my skin tone, lighter or darker, you know, like, it, it's more of a touchy thing. But, like, bad people or complicated people, that you know, you know, that's a little different. And some bad... And that does cross-pollinate sometimes. Sure. Bad people are racist. But sometimes bad people aren't racist, and that kind of, you know... So that's a little different for me. Like, so, yes... I, I can like bad character, bad people, racist not so much. You know this is this is a this is a problematic movie. Oh, I use the problematic word. Which movie? We're still talking about Taxi Driver. No, or Clockwork. Um, I was Hustle and Flow. Hustle. And, oh boy. Okay. Well, it's a problematic movie, right? It certainly is. And I it's think so. Possibly a racist movie. But the the brilliance of the movie is conveying this this dude who does horrible things and you're rooting for him yeah sure he does like three horrible things and he's not a good rapper and he's also a pimp and a pimp and like pimps are are some of the worst people in the world maybe in a world where prostitution is legal then not so much but like I you know I'm I'm pimps down hose up all day. Yeah. Um, nice. I never heard that before. Can I say? And I want to. There's a. I can. I can just playfully pick apart hustle and flow in so many d different angles. But like, even from a pimp standpoint, like when you watch that movie, there is this uh, unspoken thing where this is like a real. This movie's about reality. It's about the gritty, grimy. Like he's a pimp, but he's not like the most successful pimp. And it's, you know, it's about, like, shitty recording equipment. So, th so they're trying to get... The, there's this element of realism. So there's the scene where they want to get that, like, the good mic. So he has, you know, one of his women. And, like, you know, she screws the guy. He comes out. She comes out with the microphone. And then she gets upset. And she's like, I'm not a piece of meat. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, you are, actually. One, like, you literally are a piece of meat. Two, I don't know what kind of pimp would, like, allow one of his women to talk to him like that. And, like... And literally, you doing what you, I, what she's supposed to do in terms of being a prostitute, not women or whatever. But I always found that scene a little like silly. It's like, I, I just don't think that 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 would ever happen. I don't know. I mean that. But that, that's minor compared to the issues I have with that movie, or just Craig Brewer in general. In general, Black Black Snake Moan, not a good movie. No, he he just has like like. I don't even think he realizes it because I'm sure if Craig Brewer were to hear this, he'd probably be offended about what I'm about to say next. But it's like he has this like caricature. He just like black people are kind of caricatures to him. I think it's like one movie. It's like the black pimp rapper. It's like you know, so there's the combo there. And then this next movie, it's like the old southern man, you know, chaining up the white woman. Like there's just a lot of issues that you know, and that's going back to me. It hits home a little more me being a black person, and I have connections to the south through my mom, and then just. Yeah, he's just there's this, this like cartoonish character caricature ish way that he just you know presents black people. That's really annoying, to say the least. Annoying is putting it lightly. What are some movies where you think non-black directors portrayed white characters correctly? Wait, where non-black yes. portrayed non-white? 
No, no, no. no. The director, mm-hmm. not a black person. Mm-hmm. Actors, mm-hmm. all black. You just you just opened up the biggest. My favorite filmmaker is Claire Denis, and while <clears throat> a lot of people like to romanticize her connection to dark skinned people in Africa, because she spent a good portion of her younger years in Africa, but like her parents were. Not, not not geologist, but I I don't know the title, but her parents travel a lot, and she spent a good part of her portion in parts of Africa. And I'd say for the Philistines, <clears throat> who's Claire Denis? Claire Denis is a French filmmaker. She's my all-time favorite filmmaker in the world. She's still very active. Um, she's synonymous with um, let's see, she works a lot with Vincent Gallo. Uh, she works a lot with Alex Desca. She works a lot with uh, Isaac de Bancole. A lot of her actors. <clears throat> her regular actors are also in the films of Jim Jarmusch, who's a personal friend of hers, Leos Karash, uh, Olivia Sayas. Um, she had a really interesting upbringing as like this kind of apprentice person. She worked for years before making her own films. She was an assistant director to uh, Vim Vendors on a couple of films. She was an assistant director to Jim Jarmusch. She worked. Uh, she was on the casting team for Andre Tarkovsky's uh, uh, Sacrifice. She worked wow. on Sweet Movie. No, like it was. She was like bred for greatness. It was just like people just had to see something in her, and they were just like, you know what? Like she, exactly. She came up from. She worked under the right people. Um, <clears throat> what movie yeah. should I watch of hers before our next show? Okay, uh, you know what? I'll say 35 rums or 35 shots of rum. Like it's, you know, it goes. Uh, 35 shots of rum. Yep. All right. I would, and, and, but going back to what you were saying, quite a, like a lot of her films have mostly black, you know, either African or Caribbean uh, Paris based uh, characters. And she just kind of gets it. And it, it's not like, it's not this thing where she's saying like, hey, I make movies with black people. It's not this obvious thing. It's one of those things where like her films just happen to have a lot of black people. And then what counters that too, why I know that it, it's not, she's trying not to make like a gimmick out of it. She's got plenty of films that only feature white characters. Yeah. And I think you need that, especially in her case. Cause I think if every one of her movies was based around African or Caribbean people and she's this white woman. I think I think it would be a little weird. But the fact that she also has films like, say, Friday Night, Nanette and Bonnie, Bastards, um, that all have, that are all primarily white casted films, that, that lets me know that she's interested in telling stories about all people, like, you know, all, all, all people. And she's based out of Paris. If I don't know if you've ever been, been to Paris before. No. Paris is not all white people. No. You know, and, and that's something I think, you know, a lot of, I, before we much get into to, this, much to the chagrin of French people, sure, some, but I think that, the, but at the same time, where you have a, a clarity is not the only. There's plenty of like Parisian or French-based filmmakers that have a lot of dark-skinned black people in their film. Because if you walk through Paris, you don't just see white white people. And I and I can yeah, and, and you're right, a lot of you know, but I think that but that but that's a cue that like you know, American films could take from, but not in a forced way. Because I'm one of those guys where people are always surprised like recently in, in recent years directors like Tim Burton and the Coen brothers get asked like how come there's no black pe- people in the movie and that and that kind of that question bothers me it's just like don't force it like I mean if someone at the end of the day if you want representation like if you like a filmmaker and they only have white characters it's like I understand your frustration but don't try to force like you can't have black characters forced in a Coen Brothers movie or a Tim Burton movie. And quite frankly, I don't know if these days I don't want any black people in Tim Burton associated with Tim Burton's terrible movies anyway. I, mean, I don't so. think Tim Burton's made a good movie since Big Fish. Wow. That's okay. I was going to say Ed Wood, but uh, but fair enough. Um, I, well, I, think I, think, t- I think it was, I think after Ed Wood, I liked the movie Big Fish. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And I only like Big Fish because it pulled on my heartstrings. Yeah, I yeah, understandably so. I I, I definitely get that. I I don't know if I could go. I, it's gonna take time for, for me to watch a movie like Big Fish. Uh, yeah, we'll, I don't I don't recommend it. Yeah, right now. Um, but I, but I, but did but did, did did you follow that whole thing when uh, this one on his last movie that with Ava Green that Tim Burton made? He was asked like why there were no black people in his movies. And then, like, you know, a lot of black people got into an uproar for his answer, and he was just saying... It was essentially... He stammered. He said a lot of dumb stuff, but he also... It came down to just, like, I don't know, just my movie didn't call for it. 
And a lot of black black people got up in arms. And my whole thing was like, <clears throat> this man has been making movies for over three decades, and suddenly you just caught it. Like, 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 because a lot of uh, I I remember get, going back and forth with a few black people on a few movie uh message boards and comments on, on facebook and they're just like wow i'm really disappointed i've been a fan of this guy for 30 years and it's like well if you were a fan of him for 30 years then you know his movies and then you know that his movies already didn't have a lot of black people so why is this a, 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 su- such a surprise now I heard, and that really bugged me i heard a rumor that for a moment they were toying around with wesley snipes being a robin type character in batman 2 no, really? I remember hearing that when I I'm I'm talking, I heard this rumor when there was no internet. I don't know how to take that because I really like Wesley Snipes. I'm a big fan of his through good times and bad times. I'm a big Wesley Snipes fan. And by the way, if you're not following Wesley Snipes on Twitter, you're really for those of you guys listening, you're 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 missing out. But wh- he's very entertaining. <laughs> But let's go back to this. Uh, I want to go back to this Wesley Snipes as, as 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 Robin type character. I was there was this. I'm also a comic book person, not mm-hmm. so much now because comic books are hard to enjoy these days, just because I have so many things going on in my life. I have nothing going on in my life. If you have jobs for me, you know Scott Thorough at Yahoo.com. Give me all the money. Love money. <laughs> That's only half true. Um, so there were like I would just go to the comic stores and you just hear stuff and there was no there were no blogs or magazines or really anything to really prove or disprove. Yeah. But I remember that when Batman Returns came out which um was the one was the second Tim Burton one. Yeah. There was a Robin toy and it was a lot of money. And I was like, why? They're like, well, for a little while, there was going to be maybe a Robin, and then maybe a, they, Wesley Snipes was hired to be like a Robin-type character, and then it was taken out. And the only reason why I feel like there was some credence was because that's like people, those same people told me four years ago before that, that Michelle Pfeiffer was going to be Catwoman, oh, and wow. DeVito oh, was going to be Penguin. This is when you didn't know, like, spoilers. That's impressive, yeah. So, you just hear stuff. And then, there's, you know, just like, I don't know. Wesley Snipes would have made a great Robin. Yeah, he would have. <coughs> Legit martial artist. He's got that charisma. I don't, man, now I can't get this image out of my head. Although, you you talking about this, this, um... This was also, this was, well, the internet was around, but it wasn't uh, popping like it is now. If the Joel Schumacher slash George Clooney Batman uh, w- were successful and they were going to make a part five, do you know all the, like, the, the plot stuff for what part five was going to be? There was there was a, a universe where they thought that that film was going to be successful. Yes. And they already had it planned out. They were already talks and cast it, like... Because if I'm not, I don't know how it, I think it, yeah, that movie flopped right away. It made money, but it still flopped. However, the the, the script was written, and Forrest Whitaker was going to be Dr. Crane, Scarecrow. And his character, when he shot his, you know, nightmare mist in, into Batman's face, you know, like because the whole thing with Scarecrow, when he sprays that stuff on you, it makes you think of your worst fear. And Batman's worst fear was going to be it was it was supposedly the Joker because that's the guy in that in that storyline the Joker was the guy who killed his parents and everything and his not worst Joe villain. Not Joe Chill, as in the comic. Not, yeah, not not Joe Chill, but Jack Nicholson was going to come back and reprise his role as the Joker in 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 ghost form. So every time Forrest Whit- the Forrest Whitaker uh, Scarecrow sprayed Batman with this like nightmare mist, you'd see the ghost Joker and Jack Nicholson was going to play him. Which sounds great. Like, it sounds terrible, but it's something that I would want to go see, you know? I'm going to say three things. Mm-hmm. One, watching the documentary for uh, Tim Burton's Superman, What Happened? I still have not seen that. And I'm, I'm almost ashamed. Like, for all the movies it's, I watch. It's, I, it's a poor man, Hodorowski's Doom. Really? Okay. Well, that. that 
but not in that's a good, a good way. tagline oh never mind never mind i spoke but, too soon um because it's not made like that one i don't like documentaries to be really yeah i'm not a big fan wow uh <clears throat> I'll, I'll every once in a while and like if you tell me check this one out i will but i'm just i'm just not a huge fan um watching that i was like oh that would have been a fun movie because the ideas were totally out of control second and i don't want to talk about it uh the dark knight rises batman three of the nolan one yeah best 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 batman movie and three if you can see the face i'm making right now go ahead three listeners uh the thing about Batman and Robin is I and I think will go very much into the heart of what I think this show is trying to do is it's I'm not I'm not into like something so bad it's good that's not how I like my right. disaster movies I hate that I dip my toe into that occasionally but I'm at the same time <clears throat> I hate that very very much um, when yeah when I say I love Southland Tales it's because I love that movie even though it's a disaster and there are things like that are like arguably not good about it and yeah. like having to read six graphic novels before you watch a movie yeah that's two and a half hours long and a musical at some point mm -hmm. that's so <coughs> absurd yeah that i fucking love it are we mm -hmm. gonna curse on this podcast absolutely it's All right yeah no 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 filters we're not crazy potty mouth, but in you know casual conversation, it, it gonna, just comes out. I'm not out. gonna like just like just be dropping. Yeah, f bombs nonstop, but it, it it'll come out. I, I swore earlier, so. So like, I just want to say like, so Southland Tales, is is my gold standard of a disaster piece that I love. Batman and Robin, is, one of the most beautiful horrible movies i've ever seen <laughs> you know do you remember when you were a kid you'd play make-believe sure and you'd make up the rules as you go along sure you'd sure like, no you can't hit me with the sword right now because i just created my laser sword yeah that's what it looked like they were doing with batman yeah. and robin that's kind of how inception seemed but go ahead i did not like inception mm -hmm. because i think because for the reasons that I have issue with Nolan is that I think he I think he, he's just a regular weird person not like an actual weird weird person because when I think sure. of dreams you remember that Robin Williams movie rest in peace Robin Williams what dreams may come mm -hmm. now that looked like a dream really I've only seen the movie once D don't don't watch it right now but it's no absolutely not yeah it's uh the way that it's not a good movie, mm -hmm. I think, because the because what it tries the story it tries to tell, I think it tells not so well. Right. But the the visual effects of what like a heaven dream like mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. never when I watched Inception did I feel like I was in a dream. Okay. That's my. That's my no. Experience. I a hundred percent agree. If you want to move, so not not to complicate things. If you want to bump. 35 shots of rum. I think, uh, in my opinion, the best dream movie, and it's not even necessarily dream. It's more just dream of conscious, well, but it's I'm also gonna, a dream I movie. Watch, I watched two movies before every wow. meeting. So. Post Tenebris Lux, which I think that that is. Is that, the, <clears throat> is that also the same director? No, th this is a Mexican director by the name of Carlos Regadas. And this is a weird movie? It's incredibly weird. That's putting it lightly. What's it called? Post Tenebras Lux. Maybe you'll email the Absolutely. titles. Absolutely. I'm mad because it actually used to, it just recently went off of net, uh, Netflix. But if you stream, I mean, you could run it off of YouTube. I have I have a I have a, a couple questions for you. Mm -hmm. um, but real quick, I, I do want to say I think it's the best dreamlike stream of conscious movie. One, I also personally, and I stand by this, I think it's the best movie of the decade so far. And I saw this at the Toronto Film Festival in 2012. So since 2012, it is, and I've seen this. There's been some up and down year. Like this, 2016 was a great year for movies, I think. But over overall, 
this decade so far has been very up and down, but still, since 2012, and we're, we're at, we are now in 2017, it still maintains that. And, and, and I'm just saying for me, best movie of the decade so far. If, if, you're, if you're into ranking and whatnot, I think Post Universe Lux is. Was Blue ruined this decade? Absolutely. It was two years ago. Yeah. That's that. That's one of my favorite movies. Really? Yeah. Huh. Of the past 10 years. Wow. A lot of people like it. I think I feel like I know I'm well aware that when it comes to liking, I don't I don't hate that. I don't dislike it. But it's like what you're saying. A lot of people have said that. It's one of the and that's when I'm just kind of like, oh, I don't think so. Oh, see, I had no idea. Yeah, that that movie's on a lot. It was considered at least in 2014. It was like you know on all like top 10 lists. And even now, people hmm. think it's one of the best mo- movies of the decade. But I, I, but I, I appreciate that even more that you didn't know that and you just genuinely loved. Like you don't go off of lists. I, I like when anybody does that. I, I, the only list not to like gas you up, mm-hmm. but I read two end of year lists, mm-hmm. and it's Armin White's and it's yours. Wow, I appreciate that. I and put a lot of work into my end of year. I know. Uh, so and and yeah. I watch I watch a lot of them that I haven't seen, mm-hmm. and so. I was I was weird that you didn't like totally love uh, was it Friday special Friday night special. What movie? What's the what was the movie with with uh, shit, my brain, midnight special. Oh no no no! I came around to it though. You did. It made I I have three categories. There's like my top ten or well this year, the last two years it's been a top twelve. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Then I have my top ten honorable mention, and then I have my honorable honorable mention, which is like more movies that are worth your time. And at the beginning, yeah, I saw I saw Midnight Special in May of last year, and I just remember being like, eh, it's just like it's Stranger Things, E.T. For kids who saw E.T. when it came out but are now adults. But then the older I got, but not the older, but as the year as year went on, I watched it again and I was just like, that's what it was. I watched Stranger Things. I don't think Stranger Things is this amazingly great. It, it's just entertainment. It's manipulative. It is. But I remember thinking what got me to go back and watch Midnight Special is if I enjoyed Stranger Things as much as I did, I don't think it's the best anything. It's just good and entertaining. Why was I so hard on Midnight Special? Yeah. I remember checking myself like that. Like that. That's really not fair because it's kind of the same movie for the most part. Sure. Just like people trying to save and help and you know a little I alien like, kid. I liked Midnight Special more because it, it had nuance. Sure. And and I also thought I went back. It, I thought it was going one place and it just didn't. Like I thought like the whole Sam Shepard thing. Like is this going to get overly religious and all this stuff? And then it just kind of like no, we're not going to go there. But for a while I thought that they were going to you know. I thought that that was where it was going, and they just and it, it, it there was no <clears throat> explanation. They just dropped that that storyline of just like the cult just got dropped off, which I like. No I explanation, like just 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 like they're out of the movie now. I like that. But this, but with Midnight Special too, 2016 was the year in general that just made me a believer in Jeff Nichols because he released two movies that yeah. year. Because he also did Loving, which was great, and, and Loving was really great. And it was also like it was nuanced and it was subtle. It wasn't like it was like the new. It was the only new nuanced film about civil rights. Yes, like there wasn't like there's there's racial intolerance, but for the most part, the racial intolerance and the angry, sweaty, racist white guy was just within this one that one sheriff character. Yeah. It wasn't like a scene of them waking up in the middle of the night and there's a burning cross on their th- you know anything or anything like that. Also, most importantly. As a teenager and then as a young adult growing up and learning about the loving couple, they just kind of became this symbol more than like actual people. And then I remember by the time I got to like my mid-20s and finding out more about, you know, Richard and Mildred Loving, it was kind of like, did they like each other? Like, like were they like, were they in love? Were they like, and then like they were, and, and they were, you know, yeah. and, and I'm sure they argued and, and, and even and like Joel Edgerton, who... Side note was snub going back to Midnight Special. He gave an amazing performance um, in Midnight Special that I don't think a lot of people will catch on. Anytime I talk to people about his performance in Midnight Special, they're always like, "Really?" And it's like, he's, he's so good. He held it, it. It's what a supporting role should be. He didn't steal any scenes. He didn't. It's easy to not realize it, but to me, it's one. It's just like the perfect example of like what a loyal friend is, and I think he killed it. But going back to but 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 to loving, he was. It wasn't like. He was like such a dad like you know what i mean he was just like grumpy he was kind of grunting he didn't say much like he worked all the time like it wasn't they didn't try to romanticize you know the the loving family and that's why i like that movie and 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 in not romanticizing it made them out to be like really you know 
Yeah, it was yeah. really dope because it was lyrical and it gave it, a, it gave it, it gave itself time to breathe. I like when that stuff happens. Um, Joel Edgerton, his face kind of freaks me out, but I think he's a very talented actor, and obviously, like Michael Shannon is, he's like, he's you know every everyone talks Joaquin Phoenix is like the best living. Who? American actor. Really? Not, not nothing against him, but not over, not over Michael Shannon. I but think. I think, I think it's Michael Shannon. Absolutely. That dude is like, oh my god. But I, you can put I, him in like he's a draw. Like he's got me to watch movies that I did, like Revolutionary Road. Like that's something. Like I don't want. Like Which I hate one's Revolutionary Road. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet. Uh, oh yeah. Then being sad in suburbia, but Michael Shannon, who's only in two scenes. Towards the beginning and towards the end of the movie, he's only in two scenes. He steals the show. I'm gonna go even stupider because this is the kind of podcast this is gonna be. I watched. Let's go to prison. No. Oh, okay. He, I, he's he's the neo-Nazi leader, and let's go I to prison. I did watch that movie because yeah. I will watch any movie. Yeah. But I didn't like it, and it was mm-hmm. a long time ago, mm-hmm. and not because I was offended. I just thought it was like, whatever. Sure. I watched that movie with uh, Seth Rogen. And the the kid that the kid that like is dancing all the time, smiling actor George, Jason Jason Gordon Levitt. Oh right. And the oh. guy that played Falcon, Anthony Mackie. They made a movie together. Where they all get together the night before Christmas. Oh yeah, that was recent. Yeah. Oh, I never saw that. I, Wait, don't tell Michael Shannon's in that. Yeah. Oh shit. He plays this like. He plays this white drug dealer, and he's in it for a very, like, I was giving up on the movie because, as again, I'll watch any movie, but I was just watching it, and then he shows up, and he's so funny. Okay, and that's why Michael Shannon is so great, too, because, exactly, like, he'll do this Oscar-nominated performance in, in uh, Revolutionary Road, or he'll act in, you know, like, all of Jeff uh, Jeff. Nichols's film sometimes in, in one scene like in Loving or he'll be the star like in Shotgun Stories or Midnight Special but he can be this like serious intense guy or he can be this like funny drug dealer character or he can be this funny neo-Nazi character in this stupid you know dumb comedy Let, let's go to pr-. like he see or like he, he can kind of do he can kind of do it all not to sound so cliche but it's like he's not above a role I guess because is what I'm trying to say he's serious yeah, I've seen him in person a couple of times, and he's a, he's an intense guy. Seriously, yeah, yeah. And like, I feel, I feel that that's you know, I think the problem with like Daniel Day Lewis's of the world is they're so good. It's like I get it over. Could not could not agree more. Like I need Daniel Day Lewis to be in like. You know, a Broken Lizard film. For those who don't know, Broken Lizard, they're the guys who do Beer Fest, Super Troopers. Like, so Daniel Day-Lewis needs to be... Too. I'm excited for anything thing they do, but they have... There's... there's uh, Slammin' Salmon was terrible. I didn't see that one. It was really terrible, so they got a lot of making up to do. As was, you know... Uh, Club Dread was not funny. Club Dread only Club had two Dread. hilarious scenes. Club Other Dread than that, it was, was disappointing. Was not my favorite. Beer Fest was awesome. Beer Fest was. But good. my question is, I stopped f- because I kept the whole Super Troopers thing just kept going up and down. But are they still doing the whole subplot where it takes place in the seventies? I have no idea. Because that and it, it could have very well. Ch- this is going back oh, almost a, d- a decade ago. Because the whole plot to that movie was supposed to be it was a like super prequel, and they were going to be playing their fathers. Each character from Super Troop, they were going to be playing their their characters' fathers from the seventies, and they all work together. I don't know, and that could kind of go either way for like seventies, like nostalgia comedy, but their sense of humor is so random and raunchy that it could work. So that's why I'm kind of on the fence. And I would just, yeah, I think if Daniel Day Lewis would do a film like that, I would love him a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I yeah. I try to like Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not there, or I'm still there. Yeah, his documentary. I actually like that movie. I haven't watched it since it first came out. But almost yeah, yeah. incredible. Sure. If if he, my only issue was, and this always happens, is that when rap music becomes the genre, oh, it's always yeah. not taken seriously. Yeah. Because fair enough. Because his rap music in the movie 
was bad. <laughs> I think that if he had taken rap music seriously and made some like weird music, because I feel like if Joaquin Phoenix, that person, made some music, probably sound not like. You know, it yeah. just like becomes yeah. like this racist sort of caricature. No, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely and right. Because because the other the part other parts of it was awesome. Well, although if he had said if he was like I'm going to start an indie rock band, like he, he's he's an actual musician. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to like it also because the movie he had made before that, Two Lovers, is one is a movie I really love. Yeah, I like that movie actually. But going back, the one thing I can say, like you're absolutely right, the whole novelty of rap music it does get into race, but at least. He didn't go the like, and there's a scene addressing that. The scene with Puffy when he's like, "You're not all like yo yo yo." Like he wasn't doing. He wasn't like, "Now I'm gonna wear a gold chain." I appreciate and, that. And and put on a gold tooth and really like he honestly as as a good one of my best friends in the world. Uh, my friend Doug Cohen said he looked like an anti-con guy, which is like so I respect that. So it's I wish like, he had you know, made anti-con you know? music. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wish yeah. he had tried to make rap music. Yeah. Cause cause I'm like. Cause that there was there was some there was some hopeful stuff. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Anticon, so my friend Serengeti, who made this song with my friend Tone Tank about where they just wrapped the whole entirety of the the two films, Cop and Boost, which is so fucking brilliant. It's really and great. If we if we make this podcast real hi-fi, like. Right now, you'll he will just plug in. Man, he's such a great cop. After that, Lenny got his break in the form of. Now we're back. Um, he sent me a text message about how I should run our podcast today. When I told him I was going to record a podcast, and Serengeti said, "I'd like each podcast to cover very specific film categories, and only be an hour, two to three times a week." I think that's a lot to ask. Yeah, that many times a week, no. I will say the goal is like a lot of podcasts are doing more now. Like there's this uh, professional wrestler, Ryback and Joe Rogan. They record multiple episodes in one sitting, which, I, which I'd, I'd like to do. They don't but need to know not, about that. Yeah, They don't oh, need to know well, about the behind sure, the scenes. Sure, sure, but, but We're but not opening weekly, up the candelabra yeah. yet. I'd like weekly. I don't know about multiple. Multiple times a week is just an impossibility because aside from... My nine to five. I also do stuff in the studio. I I podcast. I guest on other podcasts. I have my own film site, but you know. Yeah, Penland Empire. It's excellent. Thank you. And so, but and maybe further down, we'll try to do specific film categories. And he says, '80s ninja movies, '90s thrillers, revenge flicks, Ron Perlman flicks, starting over, teen." Best PG movies, teen jag films before the internet. Offering thoughts is all, Scotty. So yeah, that was like a nice text message that Serengeti sent me. Yeah. So, what do you think are some good topics for some future podcasts? Besides what he suggested? Yeah. Van Damme stuff. Yes. Definitely. Classic Van Damme. But... I think the next we got it just based on what the title, what this podcast is called. We have to kind of do Freddy Got Fingered just so people know. I don't know if I've met another person who appreciates that movie more than me or as much as me than than uh, you. So I think I that's a uh, love that movie. Yeah, so I think we got to talk about all that. time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, all right, and relate it to the French New Wave, perhaps. That's easy, cause Rip Torn was the dad, and Rip Torn did a lot of experimental stuff in his in his day. So we can get to, just cause of Rip Torn playing Tom Green's father in that movie, we can get to. I that's have no problem at all. I have a question for you. Yo, what do you think is the best way to stream movies? Stream? Yeah, when you want to watch movies on the internet. Chromecast. We're talking. We're talking legally. Or just to and just to get an HDMI cable, then and you can watch anything that's on your laptop on a nice TV. No, like just like services, like you know, uh, some people uh, watch, uh, like movie people. Move some movie people. YouTube, know. YouTube with the combination of a Chromecast or HDMI cable, because YouTube you can rent anything on YouTube now at this point. Really? Yeah, like if you just if you want to rent John Wick or you want to rent Don't Be a Man, like every like every like movie 
you know, production company has like an account through Hulu. Like for a dollar ninety nine, two ninety nine, you, you can rent movies on YouTube. That's now. great. Like all movies. That's and wonderful. then if if some stuff is random and obscure, there's cool people who put now movies in full on YouTube as well. So this is this is an I something I want you to think about for our uh, our next episode. I'm hearing one two three movies dot uh, com is uh is, is is really good also. Yeah. So I'm all about like that seems to be an enthusiastic. Uh, I'm an anarcho Nova in the studio right now. That's uh, uh, an enthusiastic. I'm an anarcho communist, so. so I'm all about just getting it how I can. Oh well. Uh, okay. Pause just in case. Oh yeah, 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 just in case you gotta <laughs> you gotta do that. Yeah. Uh, but so like something to think about that I want to talk about next week or maybe mm-hmm. the week after mm-hmm. is in this new world where like you have the budgets and the things to do whatever. Like what they're like when do art films stop being art films and stop being genre films? I was having this conversation with my friend the other day, and he was like talking about art and sci-fi and I'm like well Uncle Bond me who can boon me who can recall his past lives is that an art film or a sci-fi film it's an art film but do you understand how it could be a sci-fi film maybe yeah. like a sci-fi fantasy yeah, absolutely or like but at the end of the day it's, it, it's an art because someone who like the base like someone who loves Star Trek or Star, Star Wars you you can but I wouldn't recommend that to them you, okay. you know what I mean they'd be like what the fuck is this you know I want. I like them. I like this new type of thing, where it goes that way, mm-hmm. yeah. of the the artsy. Um, as we as we finish up our first uh, episode of um, zebras in America, our our friend Supernova just showed up, who who's a very a very talented rapper. Absolutely, working um, on a project, finishing up a project right now, full length album. I always I, I helped him produce a song called Black Girl once. It was a very beautiful song. Ooh. Indeed. Uh, come come sit here. This because because our podcast is for everybody. Sure, oh. sure. Yes, thanks for having me. This is impromptu. This is great. This is impromptu. You, you had no idea. I had no idea that I was no. Yeah. No, but like I was gonna say, also, Black Girl was in a film festival, so I kind of do have like you, film credentials. But but the point of our podcast is that credentials are bullshit. Okay. Taste is taste. All right. You can like whatever you like. Right. You can hate whatever you like. Okay. You can understand, and you can understand you might like something that other people don't like, and that's okay. Right. So, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is probably Donnie Brasco. Wild. Why is that? Um, because it. Well, my favorite. I'm kind of like typical hip hop, like guy, like like I don't know, stereotypical, like right. So like my favorite genre is probably like the crime, gangster film, um, genre. I don't know if that's what the, the right term is called, right? Yeah. Okay. Ooh, the mob movies one. and whatnot. So, um, you know, out of all of those, and I really like Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp's one of my favorite actors. He's a, he's 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 alright. So, um, you know, I, I you know I um I really fuck with Donnie Brass. I've watched that movie like a, a trillion times. But um, also up there is is Goodfellas and um, Bronx Tale is one of my favorites as well. Um, oh shit! Did you? What's? I have memory problems, so just forgive me for a second. What was that? That DMX movie based off of Donald Goins novel. DMX movie based. Never off die of alone. Never die alone. I know that's a good one. Is it? It's really good. DMX had some okay, that's the good, one, um, you know, yeah. kind of cheap. That's the one that um, Ernest Dickerson directed. That right? That is correct. Yes. Who was? No, no. Ernest Dickerson was Spike Lee's cinematographer, Spike cinematographer. From day one up through Malcolm X. He directed Juice. Uh, I did a lot, a lot of other stuff too. I want to interject another thing about Donnie Brasco that some people get it, some people don't. But when you compare it, it's always mentioned in the same breath, like with a Goodfellas, Godfather. It's more the um, 
the kind of downside of that gangster life or the mob life because that's the thing like when you think of godfather or even goodfellas it's like living high living great whereas like the al pacino guy is like he's kind of a peon to some degree he's like a low level guy which to me which is also goes back why i love ghost dog so much because that whole mob side of ghost dog it's just these old washed up has been guys who never even made it they're just sitting around in a room yeah They're, they're like you know these guys are like pushing 70 and they're still carrying out hits like there's a great scene in Ghost Dog, where it's like these two old, out of shape guys have to walk up these steps, and it's like at their age, especially in that that world of being in the mafia or in the mob, you should be retired at that point. You shouldn't be like seven years old still going up to kill people, and that's kind of a, and that relates back to Donnie Brasco, why I find that movie so interesting because it's like, not not everything is so glamorous, you know, in that mob life. Yeah. Like I think the Donnie like Al Pacino's character. He's in Goodfellas, but, like, he doesn't get any screen time. Like, that guy, yeah. he's in the background of Goodfellas. You, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right. So that's why I don't... They yeah. also don't yeah. show, like, the hangovers and, like, shit and blood and, like, all the horrible yeah, stuff exa- about... Exactly. exactly. I, I like the ones that yeah. show the, the less good. Yeah. I, I want to hear more about your favorite movies. So, I am a big uh, Brad Pitt fan as well. So, um... Um... Seven is one of my favorite movies. Um, That's my favorite David Fincher movie, I think. Easy, I said. Yes, and um, uh, man, uh, excuse me, Fight Club is one of my favorite movies. I'm I'm partial to <coughs> I'm partial, partial to Benjamin Button. I, that's what I was gonna say that as well. I'm, I'm going, like I'm going down. Gump? It's Forrest Gump. Too. Right, right. I'm going definitely down the list, and I was gonna say Benjamin, but I was gonna say the one with um, Taraji, and I couldn't remember the name of it. But um, Benjamin Button is one of the greatest movies. I think like that's a really great movie. I don't know. I just like that. It's movie. a really great movie. Um, I even liked, um, I liked uh, the Quentin Tarantino one a lot. Um, Glorious Bastards. Yes. I hate that movie. You hate that movie. I hate yeah. that movie. Yeah, I like that. I think this is the this will be the last time Quentin Tarantino gets talked about on this podcast. Oh man, because I was just about to mention another one of my favorite Quentin. <laughs> okay, no, please do. Um, uh, yeah. So Quentin Tarantino, I think you know a lot of his movies are, for me personally, they hit they hit or miss. You know, like you know sometimes he does something great and sometimes I'm not really into it. But He's I really like one um, good movie. Which one you think is Kill that? Bill Two? I see. I wasn't a big Kill Big Kill Bill guy. Like that's not really my not my type of thing. But because really. he lacks emotional nuance, he didn't even end the film correctly. Because mm. if he actually understood how humans reacted and understood, she would have forgiven Bill. Ah, uh, see, I don't know the Kill the here's Kill my, Bill story, so I can't. Here's my thing about the Kill about Kill Bill Two. It's it. not so much that she would have forgiven him. I think in that situation, the bride or Beatrix, whatever you want to call it, and Bill. They both know, knew before this night's over, one of us is going to die. So let's be real with each other, which they did. But he had to shoot her in the leg with like suddenly became Star Trek. Like he shot her in the leg with some potion that made her tell the truth, which was left field. I think you could have just like you said, he does like that emotion. So I think the bride and Bill knew before this night's over, one of us is going to kill each other. So why not just be honest with each other and have it out without that whole shooting in the leg thing? Like yeah, I just thought it was a missed opportunity. Yeah. Missed opportunity because like. That part was so dope, and I wanted more of that. But he can't do it. Just like these are also my issues with P.T. Anderson. But that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother episode. Um, I mean, not to keep going on Quentin, but what do you think about um? So another one of my favorites uh, is uh, Reservoir Dogs. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Reservoir yeah. Dogs and um. Inarguably a pretty good movie. He didn't make this movie, but um, no, he didn't make this movie. What's his name? Um. What's the movie with Kevin Spacey? Usual Suspects. Right, right. Of course, I mean that's that's an right. all right movie. That's an all right. It's movie. an all right movie. Okay, yeah, I got you. I mean, I, I think that's that's a that's a pretty good movie. I've I think it's movie. an all right movie. I just um, movie Benicio. It was good for Benicio del Toro. Right. What's what's a what's a left field movie that you really like? Um. There's a left field movie that I really like, and I can't. And I believe we spoke about it before, Marcus. It's uh man. It's like a really weird ass movie, like Hausu. No, it's like set in like suburbia, like white suburbia, and like. Is there black suburbia? Yes, there's black suburbia. Okay. No, there is. Yeah, I'm about to go to black suburbia tomorrow. 
And this black suburban in Brooklyn too, Canarsie. Okay, um, fair enough. Yeah. Um, what I was gonna say. So, it, and it's like weird shit happening. Like the, like I think this one scene where like the kid like jerks off like in the house or something, and like the dad catches him or some shit. Like, and we spoke. I feel like we we spoke about. And You're I, talking I, about happiness. Happiness. Todd Solon's happiness. Right. Yes. Right. That's a fucking. You know, yeah, you must know that. Yeah, movie, that's right? a fucking. Oh, I can see by your reaction that, right. that, that you know that, that movie. That movie was fucking sick, but wow. it was a dope movie. Yeah. No, I. Yeah, but that, I was like, happiness this is one of my favorite movies. Is, I yeah. was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, if it's me, we would have definitely been talking about happiness yeah, at one point because I, I, I love that movie. That's the only thing I can. Like, definitely, so, bro, yeah, the movie takes place in New Jersey, so. I, I hate Todd Salons. He makes me sad. Welcome to the Dollhouse. He's doing the right thing. <laughs> His movies make me feel sick to my stomach. But he, let's go. I think I feel like Welcome to the Dollhouse, which co-stars a guy who was from my t- went to my high school, Eric Mabius. But um, with youth in movies, it's always cute elementary school yeah. age, and then you jump to high school. Junior high never gets explored, at least in America. Everyone no, jump, and junior high is important. It's such a conjoining, weird, awkward time in 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 one's life. I and Welcome to the Dollhouse captured that. Welcome I, to the uh, Dollhouse. I can. But here's the thing. This is the thing about this podcast, Marcus. Mm-hmm. I hate Todd Salons. It doesn't mean I don't think he makes good movies. True. Okay. Fair enough. Happiness. Happiness. When I think of the most, the two most horrific films, upsetting films I've ever seen, it's Happiness yeah. and Original Old Boy. Because those movies just. You got to see Original Old Boy. It may, yeah. But it's it, all. It's just because it's all about the ending. It's one of those things where like it's all about the ending. That's yeah, and and like and and I don't think there's anything that they could have done in the American remake to make it uh, translate, but because like there's this Spike there's Lee a, changed up like a pretty important thing about about that movie um, that really bothered me. Yeah. So. No comment. The the. Yeah, we can't really. We, we yeah, if you haven't seen old boy, like we really can't. T- yeah, just yeah. see it and. Uh oh. Well, that always seems to happen at the right time. How much did we lose? Sorry for putting you on the spot. No, it's all good. I oh. just no, we're still going. They were just giving us a warning. So why don't we just wrap it up? Okay. It's still, it's still recording. So so yeah. to wrap it up, like I think, like happiness just upset me more than anything ever. I think storytelling was a good movie. Storytelling was finished. There was, a, you know, there was a third story that got cut out of it, right? Yeah, with James Vanderbeek. Yeah, and he was still on Dawson's Creek, so they didn't want that stuff in it. Because I think yeah. it's okay. Yeah. That's that was the last movie of his that I could stomach. His I, movie last year, he did this movie called Wiener Dog, which was one of the best movies of last year, I thought. Yeah, because he had a dark after storytelling. He had made a good movie. In over a decade, and Wiener Dog is is a ret- Wiener Dog is a sequel to Welcome to the Dollhouse, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, no. what's tell tell us one more favorite movie? Then we're gonna then we're gonna gonna you know get it get it going. All right, my last favorite movie, Straight Out of Brooklyn. Yes, nineteen ninety one. Maddie, Maddie Maddie Rich. Maddie Rich directed and directed. co-starred in it when he was nineteen years old. Right. Yeah. Dope movie, and it's also the movie that I. Used to inspire my project straight out of Brooklyn. Yeah, the project which that I spoke about. produced by Marcus. Yeah, the, the project we spoke about earlier. Yeah, it's an album called Straight Out of Brooklyn, and we use snippets between the tracks, within the tracks. It, it's it's an integ- That movie is an integral part of of this album uh, right. that, that Nova's working on right, right now. Right, right. So yeah, that movie is dope. Inspired that. Yeah. I also want to say you can't see this, but right now Nova is uh, breaking up a blunt on a Noam Chomsky book. Which uh, just makes <laughs> me feel awesome. really good about the world. Um, you know, uh, get rid of, you know, build bridges, not walls. That's it. Get rid of the prison system. Uh, we do not have a place where you can find us yet, but Marcus, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, PinlandEmpire.com, ThePinkSmoke.com, CutPrintFilm.com. Those are all the other sites I write for. And uh, you want to check out my SoundCloud? It's. Uh, Marcus WP1981 if you want to check out some of my music. But mainly, if you just go to PinlandEmpire.com, that'll se- send you everywhere else that I do stuff at. So And you, yourself? You can you, check uh, me out at uh, Instagram, Scott Thorough. Twitter, Scott Thorough. 
scottthorough.com. You know, if you really want my phone number, you want to text, I'd rather not. So uh, we'll see y'all soon in the world and hope you enjoy his marriage was on the rocks like every other good policeman he had a daughter penny and a wife who smoked in bed she preferred to sleep alone a detective never rests hey lenny loved his wife linda loved her to death a great salesman of promise but he's struggling in ny and he feels like a smuck he wants to provide his wife with anything that she can think of i'm talking about anything for his beautiful wife linda lord's best friend in the world